This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. And we spend a lot of time to give thanks unto God, so if you are new, that's what we do this first Sunday of every month. In the next few minutes, I will share with us from the scripture, and the title of the short exhortation will be Faithfully Thanking God for His Faithfulness. Faithfully Thanking God for His Faithfulness. I guess you will just agree with me. There are many things in life that we have taken for granted, and they, they just occur, you know, like breathing, like being able to get up in the morning, and we most of the time don't recognize how important these things are until maybe we come across a brick wall. I saw one of those little things descend around and was talking about a man who, you know, went to a doctor. He had some urological problems. Um, you know, we call it waterworks problem. He couldn't go and pass water himself. And so in the midst of all that, he went to his doctor, and the doctor slammed him with a very big bill, big. And so the man exclaimed, and he said, what? Why did he give him this big bill? And uh, the doctor was also shocked, and he said, why, why are you surprised? You don't need to be surprised. He said, I mean, what I was going to say, no, I'm not surprised that you give me the bill. I was only shocked and afraid what I could have been paying to God all these years when I've been passing water freely. He said, that's what shocked him. If God were to charge him every time. So we live in a world in which many things just work on their own without us giving a second thought to where they work. I'm sure you probably are aware that the way you are sitting down, there are so many things that are working perfectly well in your body that makes you to sit like that. In actual fact, you are sitting on that seat and you are not feeling you are sitting because your brain has been so wired that once you are comfortable, you don't need to be told you are comfortable. And so there are many things that work together. There are some people with neurological problems. I'm just thinking of this. Do you know if they want to scratch a part of their body, they would not know which part to scratch? They have what is called partial disorientation. You know, their brain will not connect to the right part of the body. And we just walk up every day and we walk around. Now, that is not the thing. We all do have pains here and there occasionally. We all do have scares like that. You know, scared of coming back for another test. And doctors, they're very funny people, aren't they? They say, bring somebody, but there's nothing. Tell me another story, you know? And, you know, but God has stayed faithful to us. So I will be talking to you what should be our response. Now, all these things we talk about, they are actually guided by laws. And, uh, you know, there's issue of laws that kept propping up if you were here on Friday night, you know, that Pastor Wilfred talked about. And the Lord has been, you know, making that to come up in my heart. Now, life is about laws. If you break the laws, you get the wrong consequence. If you fulfill the laws, you will get the benefit of it. So life is all about what? About laws. Laws of gravity. Laws of sowing and, spiritually speaking, laws of sowing and reaping. More than for farmers, embedded in laws of sowing and reaping. If you sow what is good, you will reap what is good. And there was a man that actually first popularized this thing called laws. And it's uh, John Maxwell. I mean, wrote books and must have made millions on that. And you know, the easiest way to make millions is to do what is obvious. If you, you really want to make me take note of that one. 
Start thinking of obvious things from today. Don't, don't go for extraordinary things. Usually the obvious things that nobody ever thinks that you should get up to do that the world is expected to be done. And so the man knew the obvious that, you know, every human being knows that there are rules and regulations that are guided. And he wrote books on it. He wrote 117 laws of uh, irrefutable laws of teamwork, 21 laws uh, of uh, leadership. And it was just, the only thing was we were just putting sentences together. But they were true sentences. And so I also believe to share with you today that there is a law that actually guides things happening when they ought to happen. And I call it the law of faithfulness. And there are a few things that are involved in them, and we learn a few lessons from them today. The law of faithfulness. And it spans every area of our lives, and we can benefit from them, we can enjoy them. What is actually faithfulness? So that we know we're talking about the same thing. Faithfulness is defined in the dictionary as unswerving adherence to a person or thing, or to the oath or promise by which a tie was confronted too long. Simple Faithfulness is staying true to what you are committed to. Faithfulness is that I've said that I will turn up, I will turn up. And there are laws that guide faithfulness that we need to learn about this morning. And if we have the grace to obey those laws, we shall eat the benefit thereof in the name of Jesus Christ. Number one, faithful in little, faithful in much. It's a law. And it guides everything. If you are faithful in little, it is expected without you even doing anything about it, you will eventually be faithful in what is much. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. Matthew 25, verse 21. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The Lord knew that because this guy had been faithful in what is small, automatically be faithful in what is big. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10. The Lord put it more pointedly there. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. It's a law. It's a law. And that law should help you and guide you to do a few things in life. For instance, when you know that God has been faithful in supplying the little things in your life, is it wrong for you to believe that it will solve the bigger ones? Because that's part of the law. So you don't need to give thought to, to it at all. If God has been faithful in doing what he has been doing for me, I've been close to trouble every time he has delivered me. I'm absolutely sure this new trouble I'm about to enter into, he will deliver me. That is the law. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to worry about it. It will help you a lot through your life. If you are thankful in what is small, you will also be thankful in what is big. And so, if God sees that I've not thanked him in the small things, will he be willing to give me what is big? The answer is obvious. So, if God just decided that, you know, many of us, we are sitting down there, shockingly today, we didn't get up to give testimonies. Maybe we didn't know today's testimony Sunday. And it's a common pattern amongst us as human beings. We've not learned how to say thank you. And you need to practice with people around you. If someone holds the door for you, it is not a sign that you are small. What should you say to them? Thank you. If someone gives you just, and I come across people within family and outside and everywhere I go, it's so arrogant. They can't, I know some people, they never said thank you for anything. I was sharing with my wife. I said, what arrogance? And there are some people that have seen God has blessed tremendously for every little thing you did for them. They will call you and say thank you. 
For the man of God, I won't disclose much. I gave something very big, very known to all of you. You can probably be guessing who I'm talking about. I got a phone call from him, and that's been many years now. And, you know, the wife called. You know, when we saw the, the, the number of my wife, we just jumped. He said, really? What are you thanking me for? That's why God blessed them. I plead with you in the name of Jesus Christ. It takes nothing from you when you say thank you. It only prepares you for greater things. Be thankful, be faithful in the little, and you automatically will be faithful in what is big. Number two law. Faithfulness is tested by time. Or you can put it another way. The litmus test of faithfulness is time. Hallelujah. The litmus test of faithfulness is time. There are a few lessons I can learn from. Number one, if God has been faithful all these many years, he has passed the test of faithfulness in your life. Never say he's not faithful. He's been faithful all these many years. And I don't think there's anyone in this room, even including the young ones, at least we are teenagers and above. Much more importantly for we adults. He's been faithful all these years. When you didn't have two pennies to rub together, God supplied. He supplied. And that's not the only time he supplied. When you thought that the whole thing will collapse, your relationship, whatever, God is still showed up. It's not been for two years he stayed faithful. It's not been for three years. For decades he's been faithful to you. He has passed that test in your life. And stay on that point and remain ever thankful to him. Because it's going to be a measure. There's also another lesson to learn from that, which will serve you well in life. The test of faithfulness is what? Time. Amen? The test of faithfulness is time. Don't rush into a deep, involving relationship until time has tested it. Great men of God, and also the other side to it as well. Try as much as possible to not lose long-term relationships, no matter how shaky they may be, because the longer a relationship is, more often than not, the more it's being tested, and the more you better keep on to it. I've come across many friends in my life. Believe me, I've come across many of them, very gorgeous, fantastic, good friends. Possibly because I'm not too bad a man myself. I hope I'm not. And because I'm singing the praise of my friends so much, I wonder if I'm I that bad. But I have very, very, very good friends through the years. And my wife used to say that I'm blessed with friends. They will so insist on being friends to me. But do you know what? God helped me to keep one. We met, guess where we met? 1970. 7-0. When we were in Form 1. We were all together in the boarding house. We came together. And up to tomorrow, I may not call him for one year. If I pick phone with my friend somewhere in Kaduna, we, ca- I, we need to stop each other. By the special grace of God, you know, he doesn't need to load this car. He's very comfortable, to be honest with you. He's just one on contract. One of the days he was talking to me for almost 30 minutes, you know, almost one and a half hours, 30 minutes. It was after the election in Nigeria. I was wondering what his phone calls, but I remember, no, he does. His phone roams all over the world. He does, he's a very comfortable guy. And sometimes for a parameter, when I call him to, by the grace of God, we can just keep talking. The true matter is when our friends have been tested with years. There were times when that guy was looking at me at a distance, his heart was bleeding for me, and I said, I was missing my way in life. When we came out in uni, and then I was back in the northern part of Nigeria, and, I, and we, we stayed together. He said he was watching me after, because we kept actually meeting the same school without planning it. We went to the same secondary school. We did our A-level the same place. We applied differently. 
But after secondary school, we are actually not friends. Strangely, I'm talking, talking to you about time I test faithfulness. And now it works out. We are actually not friends. When we were doing our you know, A-levels, he had a different company. was very serious. I was not serious. I was a biker. I was everything I shouldn't be. I was riding Kawasaki 250 and all sorts of things. Yes, I did. And I have the T-shirt you show for his. <laughs> and the T-shirt is the scar. That is my body. I have scars. Then we eventually went to the University of Lagos together. He read something different. I read something different. We're different campuses. We barely talked. Then God arranged it. Yes. We then was, I was coming from the very far northeast of, of, uh, of Nigeria. I was driving all the way back to Lagos. Crazy things that young men do. Have I still got time? You want to hear stories, my stories? <laughs> I didn't plan it, but maybe it will benefit you. Well, well, before a service, I pray. I said, whatever will benefit the people, let me say it. So I believe it is. So anyway, I was driving all the way from Meduguri. And then I was, Nigeria was still very good there. That was 1983, 1983. So I, anyway, I drove that long road, my to Kano, if you know Nigeria very well. Very straight, beautiful roads in those days. I mean, we travel for about one hour, you only see two cars. Nice scenery of Savannah. I think the only place I've seen that is sometimes in the U.S. Some of those planes in the U.S. where you travel for miles. Anyway, guess the car I was riding. I was driving down, all the way down to Lagos from Meduguri. Huh? A B2, I've told you before. <laughs> it was a 10-year-old beetle. And I was cruising. So I slept, I spent the night with my friend in Kaduna, you know, and then early in the morning I woke up and said, ah, man, I'm going. And I got quite a lot of money in those days. I was doing private practice, you know, as a young medical doctor, and I had money. I made this guy, I won't tell you part of the country he came from. He loves money, but uh, <laughs> he's one of my greatest friends as well. Once I mention his name, I will give the game away. I dare not. We taught many things, how to know how to make money. Unfortunately, I can't make it anymore. I can only bless you to go and make it now. So anyway, I spent the night with him. Woke up in the morning, had a lot of money in the car. Anyway, just to tell you how God out that things, about one and a half hours into um, Kaduna, I think it's Kotangora or there about, there's a very notorious bend there. There's a ditch on the side, and there's an embankment, and anyway, to cut the long story short, a truck was coming uphill, we call them trailers, fully loaded, going out about one mile per hour. Crawling, it, it will never stop for anybody. There's no way it can stop, because once it stops, it will roll back. And there I was, it was taking both lanes. Each lane is half a lane normally. And so I had two options, run into this guy or take the ditch. I took the ditch, ended up in the ditch. The vehicle somersaulted a few times. I had only a scratch on my head. Faithful God, that's why I'm standing here. I can tell you more stories. Eventually, I went back to Kaduna, and it became clear to me that I would spend the next three years with this guy. We became friends again. We connected. You know, tremendous blessing to him by the special grace of God. Help him bring his child to the UK. He has helped me do many things. I have things to do in Nigeria. Our relationships have been tested by time. By the special grace of God, has come to know Jesus now. By the special grace of God, is doing a blog now. And he, he always loves my feedback on anything. And we, we, we know that time has tested it. Keep your old friends. Long and short. Keep your old friends. Because faithfulness is what? Tested by time. If it's a Bible study, you will ask me, what about bad old friends? I know you will ask me that one. About bad old friends. Don't discard them, but don't keep them too close to yourself. One day, 
they may make a word for you. They will say, well, Chris, he's not a bad guy. We don't get on well, but I can assure you, he will tell you the truth about me. If you ask this, my other friend, he will go a long way and, you know, celebrate me and say a lot of things. So don't keep them too close, but never lose your glory. So time will test faithfulness. Also remember that the more you thank God for a prolonged period of time, the more your faithfulness to God is being tested. I want to say, oh, God, David, that's what we call it. <laughs> David has just led us in a wonderful worship with his team. And we are all right up there by the special grace of God, backed by instrumentalists. Everything fitted perfectly together. Shall that, in one form or another, continue in your private time? The test of your faithfulness in thanking God is not just in the 30 minutes. It is in the continuation and continuance of it. So, you see, we're going to be tested with time. Number three, very quickly because of our time. All rewards will eventually be based on faithfulness. All rewards will eventually be based on faithfulness. Revelations chapter 17, verse 14. All relationships will eventually be based on faithfulness. And it says, this will make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb, Jesus Christ, will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him are called, chosen, and... uh, What do you get from that one? The longer you stay faithful, the more access we have. Ask top leaders in the world. Ask top leaders in the church. The people that are closest to them, they may not have open public ministry with them. But they always be, they are always with them in the secret place. I can guarantee you about many of the leaders that I know, including our general vice there are some people, they are very close. You may never see them taking microphone on the pulpit. But when it comes to access, these are the guys that they go in and come out together. Once you are faithful, you can be sure that you'll be rewarded. It might not be rewarded the way you think, but it will be with access. And the greatest thing any human being can have to another is access. The more you will go through life, you will know access is important. Access is that you pick up a phone and you call someone. It's not every phone call that comes in that you pick. Yes or no? Oh, you have not been taking calls, huh? And that is truth. That is the truth of life. It's not every call that comes in. There are some, immediately you see the number, answer. True or false? There are some, you see the number, I will call later. Do you know that is access? Someone can do like that and you pick their phone. Not because you are ex- even you might know they are about to ask something from you. But if they've stayed faithful through the years, something is wired within you to give them access. Now, this is the way it works as well. If you are faithful with God through time, do you know you will have his hair more quickly? Oh, uh, what is called the communicable um, characteristics of God. Communicable means that we share those characteristics. Most of the things about God, because we are made in his image, we share it. Joy. God is as joyous. God experiences joy the way we experience joy. I hope you know that. He experiences joy the way we do. And some of these things, he relates to us in the same manner. If you are consistently faithful to him, you know, anytime he's done something for you, you are the first to say thank you. I can guarantee you any day, any time, that you have a close access to God. It is the eventual reward. 
And I pray none of us will under any condition miss it in Jesus' name. Continually praise him. Number four, very quickly because of our time. Of the laws of faithfulness. Unreciprocated or unrequited faithfulness will soon fade and fail. Unreciprocated faithfulness will soon fade and fail. And you probably will be thinking that, well, if God has been faithful unto you and you are not faithful unto him, he's going to cut it. Not necessarily. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. No, 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 that's not the way it works. And I explain to you the way it works in a minute. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. That is, if we are unfaithful in thanking him, it's not that God will stop being faithful. You know what will happen? Every reciprocity in faithfulness will go through, two, two, through three main steps. Number one, recognition. If someone is being faithful to you or being kind to you, the first thing you need to recognize, some people don't even know you are being nice to them. I hope you know. They, they, don't, even, they don't even know it. So they can't thank you because <laughs> something is just, okay, that's where they are. Don't let me say something particularly wrong. But that's the way they are. I mean, if you are nice to somebody, you should be able to recognize. So recognition is number one. Number two, responsiveness. For anyone to be able to respond or, or to, to reciprocate any good, more importantly, faithfulness, they must be able to recognize and then respond to the good that has been shown there. That response might be a joy, which we have experienced this morning. When they were taking us through the time of worship, you know, we were being encouraged and through the testimony, we were being encouraged, see what God has done. Then something responds with you, ah, that's true. And the joy leaps in your heart. Maybe a bit of tears in your eyes. Responsiveness. Then, of course, the last part of it, if you're going to be responsible, reciprocate faithfulness, is that you will then release your own faithfulness. Now, what happens is that if a person is unfaithful, while is receiving faithful favor and blessing from another person, the one that is showing favor does not need to stop showing favor before the one that is unfaithful not to receive it. You know what happens? It gets to a time you don't recognize it anymore. It gets to a time that you are not even open to receive it. And before you know it, the person discovered that even though, you know, answer is coming, they have moved away from the answer. Because they are not expecting it anymore. So God does not need to stop being faithful unto us. But somehow the person will not be able to receive the faithfulness of God. And that's why it is very core and central for us that we do not play with that. Proverbs 17, 13 should be a verse that you should always be afraid of and at the same time warm towards. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will never depart from his house. It looks like a curse. Is that a curse? It's not. It's a statement. Now what's the curse in that? Is that a curse? It's a law. It's not a, it's not a, it's a, whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from itself. Because the person has practiced evil so much, and whatever you do over and over again, like Mozu, will grow. And so, even when the person sees good, gives evil back. What I'm saying is that if a person stays unfaithful in thanking God, it will be discovered that he will stay more and more unfaithful. My prayer is that that will not be your portion. That will not be my portion in Jesus' name. In closing very quickly, there's nothing we can really give God but to stay true and faithful to him. 
And I will ask us that we start being faithful in thanksgiving today. Opportunity will be presented to us once again to come into the place, uh, dance forward, rejoice before him. Do it joyously. Do it as if no one else is watching you. And, you know, it is sometimes very painful that people will come up here, we need to wind up, we need to go through long you know, speeches and encouragement for us to do what should naturally flow out from us. May God himself help you so that you can faithfully thank God for his faithfulness. Not thank him occasionally, but constantly thank him. Let your faithfulness be measured by your thanksgiving. Including thanking God for that person in your life that you think is giving you a problem. Including thanking God for that in your life that doesn't seem to be working. Because everything God has given unto us, there is a purpose for them in our lives. He said God has made everything for himself. Did anybody in the conclusion of that verse? Even the wicked man for the evil day. That's everybody has a function. Do you know some of your best friends are your enemies? They teach you to be on your toes. They teach you character. In fact, we prayed a prayer here sometimes. Somebody was referring to it. That God will move people to do things that will make you to be promoted. And may you not be that person that will be used to promote others. You know, you know how it happens now? If anybody decides... The, the, way, the way the laws of God work is that even though you are not worthy yourself, but there are some things that people will do and God will say, I will prove that I'm God. You will not have your way. For instance, somebody just decides to be very wicked to you. You know within your heart that yes, maybe you are partly culpable, but you don't deserve this. And, and the person is actually behaving like God. When people tell you that there's nothing you can do, I will not allow you to go. And I went through that in this building that most, some of you didn't know about. I can tell you the story now. I hope the person will probably log in and hear this. The former owner of this building, when we were, you know, we converted this place from a warehouse and to a church building. And, um, you know, the planning officer from the Aberdeen City Council said that we needed to put a fire exit through this back door into the car park. The car park at that time, we didn't have it. To cut the long story short, we had to depend upon the owner to give us the access through the car park or else they won't give us the planning permit, sign it off, so that we can use that place as a fire exit. And if fire exit is not correct, we can't use it. The architect said, well, temporarily we can use this place, but we need to solve it very quickly. And we were on that, and to cut the very long story short, I called this person. To start with, the person that was a tenant of his in that 29, that is the office block, that doesn't belong, didn't belong to us before. The person was on the second floor, was one of the tenants there, and they said, what about keys? They, so they copied the key for me, they gave the key to me. And I was about to present that to the planning officer on the Monday, I think on the Friday or the Arab, I can't remember the details. The landlord called me all the way from down south, from the Midlands area, and he said, he heard that they have given me the key to his gate. That I should return the key pronto. He didn't use pronto, but immediately. And I just laughed. I said, return key. I can copy the key. Holy Spirit said, don't. I said, we won't use this place. He said, don't. 
To cut the long story short, the part of the story you want, the other part of the story is that that was how we got 29. But that's not the point story you want. The story you wanted is that you want is that I then bet this man on the phone. You know, if I could bow for him on the phone, I could, if I, I probably was bowing on the phone with that thing. Genuflexing, I said, please. Just, we, I promise you, we won't just for one moment use your kappa. And I said, please, please, I, I, all sorts of offer. We asked a critical to call, to call the Lord's church. He made one statement. He had a statement. He said, nobody could tell him to give us access to use that place. And that we will never use that place. And God had. Fast forward 12 to 18 months. He had to sell the building to us. He sold the building to us with the tenant on the second floor who were paying the mortgage for the two buildings for 12 months. These are the stories many of you didn't meet. To cut the long story short, he owed us. Let me say he owed me, but I was the one dealing with him. He owed me two months' rent that was carried over from the tenant before, we call it um, ongoing concern, before the ongoing concern happened. And I simply wrote a simple letter to him. I said, you are owing me this money, please pay it. The man that was telling me that I would never use that place, he was now owing me. He miscalculated to the extent that God turned the table. Be careful what you say to people. So that, and actually, after he had dealt with us, dealing with God in the wrong way, he had to sell all, he was a fantastic speculator. He owned the whole of this Tell Road. He owned the whole of Palmerston Road. One after another, ours was the last that he sold. And unfortunately, he stepped on the wrong person. What we are saying, brethren, is that even when you come across difficult people in your life, be nice to them. Stay faithful to the laws of God. And God himself will rise up and avail for you. Let's rise on our feet and pray. Okay. Hallelujah. Have we learned one or two things about the laws of faithfulness? We're going to make you so that we will not. You will start by being faithful in little things. And you can be sure God will set you up to bless you so that he can help you as you go forward. Don't forget time is important relationships. If you are faithful to God one week, let it go to two, let it go to months, let it go to years. And he will visit you mightily in Jesus' name. I want us to just make a pledge unto the living God. Lord, help me to be faithful. Help me. Holy Spirit, help us that we shall faithfully thank you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Because God has been good. Has it been good to you? Look away from what is not working. The Lord has brought that back to my heart once again. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. When I was praying this morning, the Lord said we would do three things. And immediately I mentioned it. I will pray for us and I will go and sit down. Thanksgiving Sunday. It's time to rejoice before God. And uh, two announcements quickly before I sit down and I pray for you. Number one, the Lord mentioned to me this morning that during this service, people will have a deeper revelation of him. Number two, he says that he will wipe people's past away. And number three, I believe he told me clearly that new ministries will be formed in this church. That is, God will release somebody to do particular things that we've not been doing. And if you're having the nudge in your heart, 
maybe this is the time that God will increase that nudge and it will turn to reality as well in Jesus' name. And second announcement, if you attended the workers' meeting this morning, those of you that attended, you may share those prayer declarations with those that don't attend. So I would not force it on you. If you didn't look for it, you don't want it. But I was probably going to ask, but it depends on the kind of request we get. We can ask publicity, to, publicity department to send them out, but if there is no serious request for it, those of you are one-to-one, you can collect it. Amen. But it's there. We can always send it out. But um, some of these things is important to let people really want them. You know, some, they are precious things. They are precious things. Faithfulness. We shall be faithful. Oh, come on, church. I say you shall be faithful. Yeah. Well, you have no choice because your reward depends on it. You have no choice. Your forward movement depends on it. You have to be faithful. I say we shall be faithful. Yeah. Father, stretch your hand unto us. Move us by your spirit. Drive us into that place where we shall be found faithful. Number one, faithfully thanking you. Some things are not working, but many things are working. May we learn to say thank you for the many things that are working. And may you help us, Lord, that as years are going by, we will have a long track record of being thankful to you. I pray, Lord, above all things, on the last day, when reward is being given, those that are called, those that are chosen, Revelation 17, 14, and those that are faithful, we shall be among those who will have fulfilled those three criteria. And that's why if anyone is in this room, Lord, for some reason, it's not exactly where you ought to be in your Christian and spiritual work. Receive help today. And Lord, as we've always been doing, move such people after the service as we have what we call the inquirer's corner to step forward and say, I need guidance. I need prayer that my work with the Lord shall be smoother. Holy Spirit, don't let go of their hearts until you draw them powerfully and strongly into that place that you want them to be. We give you honor and praise, Father. For the rest of today, let praise not cease in this place. Let your name be glorified. Jesus, awesome name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.